0: Welcome to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn. And today we are talking about something that is very, very close to my heart. And by very close to my heart, I mean kind of far away from my heart because today we're talking about photography problems and just like general problems that photographers have that a lot of other people wouldn't understand. So um as I was writing the content for this, I just was thinking like about every single situation that I've come across where either something happens with a client or it's just like not the ideal situation. And um, I just wrote all of them down. I have a lot of them, but I feel like you guys are really going to relate with a lot of these. Um, I really do want my content on this podcast to be very educational, but today I just thought that we could go back to home base and just start where we're all familiar and that's with um, our uncomfortable and problematic moments of being photographers so we are just gonna jump right into it so the first thing that i wrote down that every single person who has shot a wedding understands is the uncle joe of a wedding so if you have not shot a wedding before you might not get this but maybe you've heard of uncle joe Uncle Joe is going to be that family member or that person invited to the wedding who has like a 20-year-old camera, has it with them probably, and is going to come up to you and try to talk to you about your camera. Um, Typically, the phrases that I hear from Uncle Joe's are about how photographers nowadays have it really easy because we have digital files and we don't have to develop film anymore um they'll usually try to talk to you about your lenses and then they'll start to tell you about how they got into photography back in 1920 you know it's like one of those things um so uncle joe he's a nice guy he is but sometimes uncle joe will have their flash on which affects our images. Sometimes Uncle Joe will get in your shot. Sometimes Uncle Joe follows you around at a wedding. You just, you can't predict what's going to happen with Uncle Joe. So that is the first problem that I encounter. I feel like it's the most relatable when it comes to weddings. It's just Uncle Joe. So the next problem that a lot of photographers face um, is getting ghosted. And sometimes this is a little bit of a sensitive subject, but it happens. Um, if someone reaches out and inquires to you, you know, they might not get back to you. They might book with someone else and not tell you. That's getting ghosted, right? And it's not a fun feeling. Um, especially in photography, I feel like I get ghosted most of the time when people find out about my pricing and they find how much find out how much I charge. That's usually the biggest turnoff for people. So I'm usually getting ghosted right after I send my pricing over because, um, for some reason people think that I charge $2 for a session when I don't. So that's the biggest reason that I get ghosted. Um, as photographers, it's really hard to not take ghosting personally, um, because we're like personal brands, we just really view our work as like a part of who we are. So when someone reaches out and shows interest, but then goes with another photographer or just doesn't get back to you, period, that hurts a little bit. Like I, I'm not even going to lie. It hurts me a little bit. So, um, getting ghosted is a real problem. Um, you know, it's a problem in other industries as well. Um, Just a quick like little tidbit of education. A great way to avoid getting ghosted is to prep your potential clients on your website so they know kind of what to expect when they reach out. Um, A lot of times, like I said, I get ghosted because of pricing. So a good way to avoid that is by having your website just super jam packed full of all the info that those people need to know before they reach out. So the chances of them ghosting you are less likely. So with pricing, just prepping those people with starting prices or maybe like average investment prices, um, that's all going to be a great way to avoid getting ghosted. Okay, so back to photography problems. Another, I guess this is more like a fear that I have is gear malfunctioning. Um, I am so paranoid that my camera is just going to stop working in the middle of a shoot and I'm not going to be able to control it. Um, and I'm sure there are tons of people who have stories of their gear malfunctioning. So, um, specifically I had a time where thankfully it wasn't my camera, it was Charlie's, um, which, you know, that's also horrible, but like I'm the main shooter. So it wasn't the end of the world. Um, Charlie's shutter in the middle of a wedding, like, ripped in half, and his camera, like, wasn't working, so he just couldn't shoot for the rest of the wedding day. Thankfully, we only had, like, 30 minutes left, so it was, like, you know, you wouldn't have even noticed that he wasn't shooting, but that's become, like, a real fear of mine is my gear malfunctioning and me not being able to continue shooting during, like, a high-pressure situation. Typically that's a wedding but honestly even like a paid session or a proposal like those are all like high intense situations where your camera really cannot malfunction. So gear malfunctioning that's a real problem. Um, I face it every day when I go to a session I'm like gee I really hope my shutter doesn't tear in half right now. So the next problem um, that photographer's face very similar to the last one it's just the fear of an SD card going corrupt no words can explain the pit in my stomach that fears for this happening like literally just the thought of it is like giving me chills it's horrible um so an SD card going corrupt basically means that all of your files on that SD card cannot be read you cannot get those photos you can't um, access them. You can't see them. Um, so an SD card going corrupt is super just detrimental for, I think that's a word detrimental. Yes. Detrimental for photographers because all of our work and everything that we did at that session or that wedding shows up on the SD card. And that is the key to the photos going from the camera to the computer. So if that piece doesn't work, it's game over. Um, so a way to avoid this is to always shoot dual cards. So for my Sony A9, I have two SD card slots, which means I can shoot on two cards simultaneously. Um, if I take a photo, it'll put that raw photo on both SD cards immediately, so I have two backups. That's great, that's super awesome. Um, so if I have one of my cards go corrupt, at least I have a backup, but still like the fear is instilled within me that Something could happen to both of those cards at the same time. And then I truly am just like screwed. Like I should just quit, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm just going to quit. So um, photographer problem number four, a lot of people, <laughs> this is, this might get a little uh, spicy here. A lot of photographers say, ooh, community over competition. But I would like to disagree that I feel like a lot of photographers view other photographers as competition and not community even though they might be in communities of photographers when it comes down to it, at the end of the day they might you know do some competitive things against you to get a client um you know fair game type of thing so I really value community I do understand how there's no avoiding competition because we're all trying to get the same clients, whatever. Um, but there is a certain point where you should view photographers as community and just like people within your field rather than competition, because there's literally so many clients out there. There's so many weddings to shoot so many sessions. Um, you know, you don't have to view us as competition people. Um. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that because it's just a real problem that I've been facing lately. So <laughs> this next one makes me laugh just at the thought of this because I've experienced this too many times. Um, Photographer problem number five. Um, I think this is five. You know, I'm going to stop numbering them. So photography problem. The next one is <laughs> wedding clients who think that they can fit 10 hours worth of events and shots into a five-hour wedding day. I honestly feel like I need to just leave it at that. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've shot weddings, people who want tons of getting ready photos all the way to a sparkler exit at the end of the night and think that they can fit all of that into my smallest package. Um, My smallest package is designed for those people who want minimal coverage but they want, you know, all of those essential moments like the ceremony, the beginning of the reception, bridal portraits in between. Um, that's typically what my six-hour package can cover. But my 10-hour people are getting the full getting ready, like an hour of getting ready all the way into the end of the reception, which you simply cannot get with six hours. Like, it's, that's just how time works. Like, there, there's just some time that cannot be stretched Like, I think these people literally think that there are 90 minutes in an hour. Like, no, no. Okay, moving on. So the next problem is photographers gatekeeping their locations. Now, I'm going to do a disclaimer on this because I do understand that there are locations that need to be preserved, especially um, on the West Coast or those areas where um, certain locations and areas are being ripped apart by people. So that's bad. And we should preserve them. I totally understand that. Um, When I say gatekeeping locations, I'm thinking specifically for myself, like there's a really cute wall downtown or like a really cute beach or something or, you know, whatever. And I like DM someone. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Where'd you shoot this? Um, And they're like, oh, I prefer not to tell you. I get that. Like, I respect that. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of wish some people would have told me a few locations when I first started because I was shooting, you know, at the back of a McDonald's parking lot, which is not ideal. Um, I'm actually kidding. I didn't shoot at the back of a McDonald's parking lot, but you get the idea. Like I was shooting in locations that weren't necessarily the best because I didn't really know where to shoot Um, and people wouldn't tell me. So um, if you're a fellow photographer out there and someone reaches out and asks where you took something... Um, maybe you could just give them like a general vicinity or you could tell them the location, but maybe ask them not to share it, like go and post it on their Instagram story and spread it all around. Um, but you know, kind of think of if you were in their shoes and you just want a good location. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, and like I said, preserve the West coast people, the end. So next up we have, um, accidentally bumping your aperture. This is kind of just a fear that I have, but it's happened to me once where specifically when I was shooting Canon, the front of my camera, the wheel on the front was the aperture control and I was shooting a family session. I think I wanted my aperture at like F 3.2 or something and I had it there, but then my camera was down at my side and I literally turned up the aperture to like F 20 like I'm pretty sure my camera went up to F20 and I looked back on the photos afterwards and they were pitch black and I couldn't do anything with them. So in general, I just get afraid that I'm going to bump up my aperture or just like hit a random button on my camera that's going to ruin the photo shoot in some way. (laughs) So that is a real problem that I feel like we face. Um, These next two are just like personal things that I've noticed. I feel like a problem that we're facing as photographers right now is everyone trying to do like styled shoots and like fake shoots and content days and stuff. Um, I will say I am 100% one of these people. Like I have started doing styled shoots and content days. Like I can't even lie. This is me. But I'm like, okay, I feel like everyone does it. Um, So like if I was a client, like looking for someone's work, How do I know if it's real or not? Like, cause there's so many style shoots. How do I even know? Um, You know, I'm not saying that you, if you go to a style shoot and take photos, you're not talented because obviously you are, but like, there's a lot of style shoots out there. Um, And then kind of to tie into this one a little bit, I feel like everyone and their mother started making reels on Instagram too. Um, Like photographers, like it just kind of started happening. And like, clearly like I am one of those people. I make reels every day. I'm posting a reel. But I just noticed that almost every single photographer that I follow has started posting reels. Um, Whether or not they're, you know, quality or not is a whole nother topic. But um, just in general, I feel like reels are like, whoa, like they are blowing up right now. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for exposure. But it's just like all over my feed is reel after reel after reel. And I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see some normal posts, you know? But like this is me kind of talking to myself because I need to work on feed posts too. Um, so moving on to the next problem. Um, this one resonates with me very deeply. Um, photographing proposals. Proposals are immensely stressful. I think immensely is the right word, but I'm going to switch that word to extremely stressful. I cannot explain to you. Like, I don't think I've ever been more stressed than before a proposal. Um, there's just so much that goes into it and you truly cannot prepare for it. Like you can't, like you have no idea um, if the person who's proposing is going to be facing the right way. There's just so many um, circumstances that you can't control. So before a proposal, I'm usually sitting there waiting for the couple. And here's the other thing is, if the couple knows you or like, how do you blend in? That's a whole nother stress level added onto it like just blending in for proposals on its own is stressful. But then the fact that it's a surprise and you have no idea maybe what the lighting is going to look like, or you have no idea um, how the person who's getting proposed to is going to react. There's a lot that goes into it. And you kind of just have to put one lens on your camera, get your settings, and just send up a little prayer, take the photos, and hope they turn out. That's kind of how I view proposals. Now, if you're a client and you're listening to this, and I did your proposal photos. That's not how I felt at all. I'm completely lying. Okay. On to the next problem. Um, so this is like probably more of a serious problem, but I feel like a lot of photographers, um, think that second shooting is kind of below them. Um, this is kind of just like a photographer mindset of like, Ooh, I'm like too good. I can't second shoot. Um, I personally love second shooting. The stress that is taken away from second shooting is just like it's incredible how not stressful second shooting is. I don't know if that made sense. Basically, what I'm trying to say is second shooting is it's just like so much better than lead shooting because you don't have the pressure of creating the staple images from a wedding day, you are more like the creative, um, alternative perspective, which is a lot of fun for me. I am a creative person, so I love the creativity aspect of it. Um so sometimes photographers will not second shoot because you know they have too much experience, they're um, they're too good or whatever. But honestly, second shooting A is a good way to make money, it's additional money. Um, B, it's a great way to connect with other photographers, um, kind of establish that community. But C, um, it's a way to kind of break your, um, your route to burnout. Essentially, like, it's your way to express your creativity without the pressure of needing to meet your client's um, desires and their shot lists and everything. Um, And for me, that that creative outlet is essential for me to be able to continue to be a photographer. I need a little bit of uh, creativity and freedom every once in a while so I can continue to love what I do. So I'm going to hop off that soapbox because that was a long soapbox. Um, The next problem we're going to cover, I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to this, is managing and keeping up with 30 plus clients at a time. Um, If you're like me, I have 60 active clients in HoneyBook right now. That is absolutely insane. And, um, every single one of them, you know, I have to talk over outfits. I have to talk over locations. Um, I have to make sure that there's nothing that they need from me. And then if they need something from me, I have to respond. Um, which I know, Ooh, responding. That's like Cassidy. That's not that much work. But like when you have 60 people who are all, um, expecting the same level of customer service from you, that can be a lot to handle. Um, so just the fact that I, you know, that we as photographers are managing so many clients at one time, I feel like we all just deserve this round of applause for that because it's incredible. We are, we are killing it guys. So let's move on to the next one. Um, this is just a general thing that I feel like is just a problem. Blogging. Like what is blogging? Like, I understand that we need to do it for SEO. We need to blog our sessions. We need to blog, um, wordy blogs to show up in our, the search for our area and stuff. But yo, blogging is hard. Like there is a lot that goes into it. You need to have your keywords. You have to, have like a cover image and you have to post them like at least like once a week you need to be posting blogs and it's like whoa that's a lot like that's like writing an essay for school every week i like i feel like i'm in college or high school again where i'm writing an essay just to write it every single week um now blogging does pay off so i'm not going to say it doesn't but it's just a lot so if there's one thing that you guys should outsource as photographers let's start with blogging because like why just why. So the next problem is just being good as a photographer, but not being good at running a business. Um, when we, as photographers, take our business full time, we're not just photographing weddings full time. We are our own social media coordinator, we're our own um, virtual assistant, we're the editor, we're the marketing manager, we do sales and we do bookkeeping, like all of these different hats that photographers wear, um, I feel like we're not always necessarily good at them or we're not always ready for it. Um, so whether you should outsource that stuff or, um, maybe take some courses and learn how to run a business, um, that's going to help us as photographers. So if you're a photographer out there and you're feeling really overwhelmed about, running the business aspect of your photography business and not necessarily doing the photography, but being the business, you're not alone. Um, That's a real thing. And there's ways that you can overcome that. I feel like I should do an episode just on that. And, you know, I'm making a mental note right now because I'm going to do that. So next up is um, kids during family sessions. If you have done a family session, you understand that kids are they are on a new level. This new generation, they, they do not tolerate anything. A, they are way too cool for us, way too cool. B, they don't care what we're saying. They're probably not listening anyway. And C, they're not going to smile. They're going to do like a little smirk thing. So kids are just like, they're difficult for family sessions. If you're a f- family photographer out there, I applaud you right now that's hard stuff. It's it's hard. And families are a joy. I really love just meeting new families. Kids are so fun. But there are certain kids at sessions who either cry, they won't smile, they won't look at you, they won't cooperate. Um, so truly, probably half of your session ends up being just trying to get the kids to look at you or trying to get them in the right position to take the photo and then the other half is actually taking photos. So, family sessions, they're hard. Kids. It's a whole it's a whole new level, guys. Um on to add on to that, um I think grumpy husbands at family sessions are another photography problem that's just like, "Whoa. This is I did not sign up for this." When the, when you're doing like a family session or something and there's like family drama or like people aren't mad at each other i just feel like that does not make good for good photos at least i try really hard to make the photos look good but sometimes it's like whoa like the attitude guys whoa there's there's always grumpy people at family sessions sometimes it's inevitable um do your best take the photos you got this if you're someone listening who might get your family photos done soon um just check everyone's attitudes before you go into photos help your photographer out So to kind of piggyback onto family photos a little bit, um, family photos at weddings. If you have shot a wedding, you know what I mean. The family photo time is quite crazy. Um, I always try to prep my clients for um, just the type of um, environment that might take place during family photos. It's going to be stressful. So I try to tell them, like, give me a list of family members that you want and you know, I'll encourage them that they need to make those family members aware that they have family photos after the ceremony, make them aware, um, maybe like make their officiant aware that they need to tell family members that they need to come to family photos, but you are constantly going to be facing family members wandering into cocktail hour or wandering to the bar Family members not even knowing that they're supposed to be in family photos. There's always going to be that one family member who tries to add on additional photos that were on the list. Um, maybe it's like an aunt or a great aunt or someone that just like thinks they have all these combinations that the couple's going to want. Um, another thing with family photos is just kind of gathering up those people at the wedding and like actually getting them all to look at you at the same time and smile Like, wow, that sounds so simple, but guys, it's hard. Um, I, during family photos, usually just have some person there to help me. Um, I try to recruit either like a maid of honor or a coordinator or a sister or someone who knows the family, knows names and can kind of like go around and wrangle people up so I don't have to. Um, But if there's no one there, I'm doing it by myself. And that is truly an interesting show guys it's interesting next we're going to talk about being fed at weddings now i have found myself expecting to be fed for lunch and that doesn't always happen and that's kind of on me like i shouldn't expect that so for weddings i am typically arriving anywhere from 10 to 11 a.m. and i just i don't get fed lunch like i'm too busy taking photos and i just don't think of it so If you are shooting weddings, make sure that you come prepared, eating a big breakfast beforehand or bringing snacks just for the rest of the day. Um, Another aspect of not being fed at weddings is also not drinking enough water at weddings. People, drink your water. You are going to pass out during bridal portraits if you don't drink water. You need to make sure you're drinking water. That's all I'm going to say. The next thing that is a problem as photographers is mini sessions. Um, Mini sessions are insanely stressful. Um, They're also not fun because you're doing discounted sessions Um, and back to back discounted sessions too. Like that is crazy. So I personally haven't had great experiences doing mini sessions in the past. Um, I find that During certain times of the year, it works great, especially in the fall, because people want to use those photos for like Christmas cards and stuff. But mini sessions, like anytime at the beginning of the year, just doesn't work for me. And then, you know, there's busy season in the middle of um, May to August. So you don't want to do mini sessions during that time. So yeah, mini sessions are just um, a big struggle you're discounting yourself. Um, you have to make sure that back-to-back everything is running smoothly. 10 sessions at 20 minutes a piece, that is crazy. And if one person is late to their session, you are pushing back the entire schedule. Um, so there's just a lot riding on mini sessions and I'm just not a huge fan. It's a struggle for sh- for sure. Next up, we have the fear of formatting an SD card. And I know earlier I said that a corrupt SD card is at the pit of my soul, my biggest fear, but I lied because this right here is my biggest fear. Um, I am in the habit of just formatting my SD cards, like when I'm bored. Um, so I have not though actually formatted a card where I, you know, needed the photos, but in the past I have almost formatted a very crucial card that I was still shooting on, Um, And the reason that it's my biggest fear is because formatting an SD card is something that I do and it's not a camera problem. Like a corrupt SD card is like a malfunction, but formatting an SD card, like that's 100% on me. So that is such a big fear of mine that I will triple check the photos on my SD card before I format it because I'm just terrified that I'm going to get rid of something that I needed. Um now Graydon, I do have a great um at least I think it's a great backup system for my photos to where I know that all my photos are backed up at least four places so I'm good to format one card um but I still just get a little bit scared I just I don't know I overthink it and I just doubt myself Next up we have always wanting to upgrade your gear every two weeks This is this is 100% me I am always looking at my gear and thinking, wow, I wish I had this instead or this along with the lens that I have. Um, I just recently got an 85 millimeter, the G Master 85 millimeter F1.4. Truly, it is a great lens, but I literally was looking at it at the last wedding that I shot and I thought to myself, wow, I wish I had another one of these. Like, why? Why am I thinking that? Like the lens is great. It works great on its own. I guess I want like a backup or something, but I already have an 85 backup, but it's F1.8. So I'm like, oh, I really, I just need another one of these. And I just got that lens like two or three weeks ago. So it's like, we we just like can't be content in our gear sometimes as photographers. And it's important to know that your gear is not gonna take great photos. It can aid in helping your photos improve quality wise but when it comes to the creativity of it you are the reason that your photos are creative so let's stop relying on gear so much and constantly wanting to upgrade every every two minutes so the next two problems that i have um these hit right to the core for me Um, the first is traveling with camera gear it is so freaking hard I don't know if you've traveled with camera gear on a plane or even via car. It's just like, it's a lot. Like when I fly with my camera gear, I find that there is no good way to pack everything. Like I'm either putting all of my gear in one bag and it's breaking my back or I put stuff in a suitcase, but then I have to check that suitcase. If you fly small flights, you'll understand that like, Even though you're bringing a carry-on and it should be able to go in the overhead compartment, sometimes they make you check it anyway because they don't have enough space. And that scares me because I'm like, I'm checking my bag. I could lose everything that's in this bag right now. Um, Another thing that's hard about traveling with camera gear is just like the bag itself. Like I feel like there's no bag that truly fits everything that I want in it while it's still being cute and trendy, but also comfortable. So I don't know. I feel like that's just a big struggle. Um, there's just a lot of stress that comes along with traveling with your gear, the fear of losing it, the fear of it being stolen. Um, that those are all real, real problems and real fears. Um, so photography problems, guys, last one, clients showing up in unfashionable outfits. this is kind of self-explanatory, but I'm going to explain it. Duh. Um, sometimes clients will show up in fo- in outfits that just don't photograph super, super well. Um, that's not to say that, like, it's not fashionable, but, like, some things just don't photograph as well as other things. So maybe neon colors or a really bright pattern, like, that's not going to photograph as well as like earthy tones or neutrals. Um, So that's a real struggle. There is a certain point where as photographers, we have to realize that our job is not to take photos for us, but we're taking photos for our clients. So if they show up in a space suit, you are being hired to photograph them in a space suit, like suck it up. It's a space suit. Sure. But Maybe that's what the client likes. Maybe your client likes spacesuits, and you just have to go photograph it. That's your job. We're doing our job for our clients, and it's not for us. So that's something to remember um, when someone does come in an unfashionable out- an unfashionable outfit. It's not necessarily like the best scenario, but at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about your client. So. With that being said, those were all of the photography problems that I had for this episode. I hope you guys like listening to this episode of Oh Shoot. This truly, I feel like, encompassed the Oh Shoot aspect of the name because these are seriously things that happened to me and I'm like, oh, shoot, like this is actually happening like oh shoot my client's wearing a space suit like what am I supposed to do so yeah I feel like this episode truly encompassed that stay tuned for more episodes in the future and thank you guys so much for listening expose my mind to clarity oh my spirit shutters capture the moment oh, keep my sanity Wisdom rushing in, so much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop.